We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 163, and our special guest this week was the former sports director at WATE Channel 6 in Knoxville, Tennessee. For the past several years, it's Tim Owens. Tim Owens got to know Cedric Tillman, the newest Browns wide receiver. He's going to give us his impressions of Cedric and what Browns fans can expect out of Tillman as the newest receiver. Plus, we're going to talk Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, the NFL draft, and so much more. So coming up the driveway, unfold your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night here on the OBR Streaming Network, and that only means one thing. It is time for the Garage Beers podcast. Welcome on in. It's episode number 163. I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Joining me as always, my co-host over on the east side of Cleveland, it's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? You're still in the nursing home, huh? Man, I can't get out of these places. <laughs> like what? Out. <laughs> what? Why? Are you, are you, is this, this is one of those two week benders? What, what oh, is going yeah. on? Yeah, I got an, and, I, and then I got another week on the road next week. Jeez, you don't even get to go home? No, I'll be home this weekend. I, 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 I haven't seen my kids in two weeks. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, God, it's, dev- it's devastating. Oh my God! You're gonna be go. You're gonna go home, and the and the, and the yeah. <laughs> and the landscape guy's gonna be moved in. Yeah. Oh, hi, <laughs> hey, new dad. How you doing? <laughs> I, I could. I, could I even be mad at this point? I probably not, dude, uh, because it's just this. But hey, at least at least you're at least you're providing for for your family. That's all. You know what? Uh, I I owe whoever moves in a debt of thanks for just helping <laughs> take care of things around there. I guess. <laughs> That's crazy, oh. man. But yeah, uh, one of these days, dude, I'm gonna be able to get back out on the porch if it ever warms up again. It is spring, isn't it? No, no. Welcome to May, where it snows in Ohio. Ah, that's cool. That's cool. Our guest, though, uh, doesn't have to worry about that anymore. He's been he's been he's been long removed from Ohio weather. That lucky son of a. Well, I, <sighs> and I'm excited to get to our guest. We're going to do that in just a second as uh, we want to start a little series here on uh, on garage beers. Uh, whether we can get the players themselves or not remains to be seen, but we're working on that. Uh, but we want to do a little player profile. We just spent, I, I don't know if you saw, but I, Chad, I was on, uh, I covered the draft for the OBR from 8 p.m. on Thursday night until, what, about 6 o'clock Sunday evening. Not well, yeah, I mean, full good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you're not around family or friends. What else are you going to do? <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I did it. I was like, well, I might as well just do this and so we had so much fun uh talking about the draft and obviously the browns have uh seven new players now uh that they've welcomed in after the draft so we're going to do a a drafty player profile 
and we're so excited. And we're going to bring him in right now. Uh, tonight's guest uh, currently, uh, he's a sports director down in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, uh, for, I think it's NBC Six News, right? Yeah, yeah I think KTAL, so. yep. Yep, got it. Uh, but before he got there just a few months ago, uh, he was the sports director over uh, for an ABC affiliate over in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and you're going to see this in a second. The home of the Volunteers and the home of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, third round draft pick, their first pick in the draft, Cedric Tillman. We're really excited to bring in to talk about Cedric Tillman. Uh, Cedric Tillman. Let's get the words working here. Uh, Tim Owens. Tim Owens. Welcome on into the Garage Beers podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Man, we're we're good, man. We're yeah. we're, we're excited for this. <laughs> I just I just got to show you guys a couple things real quick. I'm going to move my camera up a little bit. Okay, you see that right up there at the top. Look at that, the trifecta. <laughs> got, 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 got the little Buckeyes up there. I don't I don't get to show that off too much, so uh, it's kind of nice being on the show with you guys. You know, some guys that uh that maybe also like the Buckeyes as well. Yeah, you don't get to talk much Ohio sports these days, huh? <laughs> no, I really don't. I, I follow it very closely. Yeah, um, but I don't get to talk a lot, a lot about it down here. Uh, when I when I bring up Ohio sports, both when I was here before and now, or when I was in Knoxville, all I get is, "Oh God, Ohio State. We <laughs> hate Ohio State." And I'm like, "We haven't even taken anything from you yet." <laughs> yeah, well, right there. Jeez, oh man. Now, if in case, uh, you know, a little backstory here, Tim and I went to college together at Ashland and uh, I just have one question for you. Uh, Tim, have you found any BW threes? You could go chug beers in the basement, uh, yet? No, or? no I have not. <laughs> <laughs> My, like being down here in Louisiana now where the food's also delicious. We don't, we don't hit too many, uh, B-dubs up. Uh, we're hitting walk-ons or, you know, when you're talking about chain restaurants, walk-ons kind of the, the place where you can go and get some gumbo or you know some fried alligator or or i can yeah. go about 14 yeah. miles to the texas border and get some brisket yeah yeah just a quick little i i hope this doesn't embarrass you too much but mike's got to know no. since obviously i mentioned the story <laughs> but uh the bw3s in ashland mike uh, tim managed it back when we were in school and uh one night he was off and he just he just walks in having uh a, a few pops. He, he's had a few pops already. He's, he's, he's feeling good. And all of a sudden he goes, Chad, come with me. And he just, he just grabs my hand and we go into the basement where they keep all the beer and B-dubs. And we're sitting there just chugging beers out of the cases. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time ago. That was, uh, that was in my more wild days. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw yeah. our, our buddy Sean here in the comments. He, uh, you bring up fond memories. He calls you his favorite B-dubs bartender. Yeah, right Sean there. Zach. I don't know if you remember, Tim. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, we had a good time when I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings uh, there in Ashland. We, uh... Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're down for stories, but we're not trying to incriminate. Right. 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 We got to be, we got to be a little bit prim and proper these days. And Tim's sitting in the office. So we got, you know, obviously he's got to, he's got to do, he's got to yeah, anchor. Is, which I, I can't, I can't drink this tonight guys, but I, you know, it's no Jay Crawford beer. You know, my face isn't on it, but yeah. it is uh, the seventh tap. It's a, uh, our friend, it's a friend of ours from here in uh, Shreveport, Glenn Miller, his son started this brewery. And it's relatively new, but it's growing really quick. This is the Cajun Colch, and it is absolutely delicious. I just won't be able to drink any of it with you guys tonight because, you know, I got kind of got to go on TV here in about 
two hours. <laughs> well, let's did that look, ever let's, stop let's, anybody. Let's take a look at what happened in the Arkansas region. Listen, listen, LSU baseball is really good. <laughs> yeah, back to you. Not as even, not as good as the Vols, which I just left. <laughs> well, yeah. There was even a home run. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Tim, this was great. The way this came together, first of all, it was fairly last minute. So thank you for just kind of agreeing to do this today. Oh, uh, as Chad and I were kind of trying to talk through what we wanted to do. Uh, but really cool that Chad was like, I actually have a contact that spent a bit of time in Knoxville, Tennessee, and did a job that should put him pretty close to uh, to Cedric Tillman and the Tennessee Volunteers. And so, you know, uh, we, we do want to dive into that. Chad, actually, before we do that, I'm, I've gotten ahead of myself. I do that every once in a while on the show. My brain goes faster than I want it to. Uh, Tim just showed us his beer that he would be drinking tonight had he not been in the office and just to have a beer with us. But we haven't done our beers. It's time for our Garage Beers of the Week. So, Chad, what are you drinking tonight? Well, uh, if you take a look at my uh, fake Twitter handle here tonight, I was trying to, you know, mix it up a little bit. Uh, Sponsor us, Buxton Beer Company, please, for the love of God, because we've had it on here before, but we haven't had this one on. It's the uh, Garage Beer Small Batch Lime Beer. Look at that thing, huh? Huh? Come on. I know. (laughs) I know. They got the the regular uh, uh, lager now, and now they got uh, a little classic (laughs) small batch brewed lime beer. I feel like we're going to we're going to send Buxton Beer Company, which I believe is in Kentucky. We're yeah. going to send them an invoice <laughs> yeah, for all yeah. the garage beers that they've been selling. Yeah, I, I think they I do owe us. First. It's copyrighted. Hello. <laughs> no, it's well, I won't say that, but that's uh, just pretend they are. Pretend they're Buxton. And we know you're watching. Just send us some money now. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Uh, how's that beer? Uh, it, it's it's very simple and, and tasty. Right now, this is what this is one of those beers. Like if you're on a hot summer day and like you're on a, you're on the boat, you're on the water, you just grab like a case of these, and it's enough for everybody, man. This is this is a nice crushable beer. You're on the river there in Knoxville. You're, yeah. There's three three million other boats crowded up around Neyland yeah. Stadium, <laughs> going past the goalposts that got thrown into the to the river after the Alabama game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And from what I hear, you don't want to touch it as a human, but the goalpost in the water is fine. That's from, at least from what I heard. From what I heard. That's fair. That's, fair. Uh, <laughs> that's going to bring me to, I got this beer uh, from a buddy because uh, we went out and golfed in the rain tonight because I'm in Maryland. And so the temperature isn't terrible, but it's cold. And I got back here and I realized, oh my God, I don't have any beer. So luckily, I'm staying with a whole bunch of buddies in the hotel, and we all like to have a few beers. So I just texted a buddy, Joe, upstairs, and I was like, Joe, dude, I don't have any beers. Can you give me two beers? So he did, and he gave me this one, and it's from Denizen's Brewing Company. It's the Southside IPA. I don't know if you can see it. It gets too bright. But uh, it's out of uh, Riverdale Park, Maryland. So it's a local beer. It's a West Coast IPA, and – it's pretty good. It's uh, just a pretty good IPA beer. I know, Chad, you would hate it, but yeah, that's why I drink them. You leave them all for me. Was your influencer you like getting in the way of that label again? Hold on. Oh. You, don't, you don't like IPAs? Not a fan. Not a fan. Oh. Not a fan. I mean, there's I, 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 I can tolerate some, but I like if you put other beers in front of me and, and then an IPA, I, I would not pick the IPA first. No. Yeah, yeah that's just, yeah. Hey. Well, it's just- <laughs> Tim, I thought you, I thought you would have, I thought you would have gotten him kind of trained up better than that. Uh, no, dude, <laughs> in Ashland. I mean, I like dude, the dark, thick beers too, but IPA is delicious, especially in the summertime. 
Well, in college, Mike, it's whatever you can get your hands on. You know that. <laughs> no, that's fair. I remember it's whatever I, we can afford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the very first beers I ever tasted was in my basement of my house growing up. It was a Dortmunder uh, from Great Lakes. And I thought it was the strongest, worst tasting thing I've ever had in my whole life. And now, now it's like, oh, Dortmunder even tastes like anything anymore? Nope. The taste buds have evolved, boys, and that's why we do Garage Beers of the Week. And we give you all kinds of flavors that you can try. So listen, those are our Garage Beers of the Week. If you're joining us tonight, uh, live in the comments, be like Kevo here. Old Forester 1920, drinking a little bourbon tonight. I like that out of Kevo and Old Forester out of uh, Louisville there. Uh, Milwaukee's best from Larry. Something I believe Atta that. Boy. I believe Atta that. Boy. Going with the beast. I love that. <laughs> okay. uh, let us know what you're doing and be a part of the comment. If you've got questions, we're going to get into talking a little bit about Cedric Tillman here with Tim Owens. Uh, but if you want to be part of the conversation, if you want to ask questions, if you've got stuff you want to know about the Browns' newest receiver, jump in the comments. We'll bring you in, have you be part of the show. Uh, but anyways, guys, those are our Garage Beers of the Week. So cheers to you guys, and let's get on with episode 163. And again, Tim... Uh, again, so now you're down in Shreveport, but how long were you? You just left Knoxville, right, in yeah. January? Yeah, I was actually in Knoxville last weekend because we finally sold our house up there. So I was at the Tennessee-Mississippi uh, State baseball game on Saturday and and had a few of those bourbons that uh, yes. our viewer here was uh, was having. So. About. <laughs> that is what I'm Atta talking boy, so, about. No, I've... Uh, I was in Knoxville for three years. Uh, I was there for the final year, me Pruitt, and covered that debacle. And then uh, the first two years of Josh Heupel, which has been pretty great for Tennessee fans up there. So, <laughs> Yeah, for the first time, I you know, uh, the hype train for Tennessee is always there at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Tennessee fans love to hype up Tennessee. And, like, for the first time, the hype actually, like, kind of came to fruition. Like, the hype actually happened. Now, yeah, did that they come? Were, they were. That was a fun team to watch this past year, and I, and I know that Cedric, you know, at the beginning of the season was a big part of that. But then after that Akron game, he got that high ankle sprain. But that's probably a positive for Browns fans. I know, uh, you know, I've seen some Browns fans be like, "Ah, oh, he's injury prone." Da, 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 da. You wouldn't have had him if he wasn't injury prone, because I mean, if he comes out after twenty twenty one, he's probably gone late first, early second round. Um, if he has another year like 2021, he might be a top 10 pick. Now, why, now, why did he decide to stay? It was just loyalty. He wanted to take another crack well, at it or. One thing, one thing that's happening is these kids, they're, they're, they're making money in college now. Yeah. So, right. Um, you know, especially if you're playing football at the university of Tennessee, these NIL deals, that these kids are signing are it's, it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty good money. I mean, the new quarterback, they just, God's getting $2 million that Finn from uh, California. Yamaleava is how you say his last name. Uh, it only took me 300 times practicing before I got I'll it. remember that. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. You just call him Nico. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know, and you can only say it once, though. Don't try and say it five times fast. Right, right. You just, just <laughs> we, we all just started calling him Nico because we were all screwing it up. So, uh, you know, but Cedric, I mean, if he would have if he would have came back and he would have done what he did in 2021, I mean, there's nothing to say that he wouldn't have been a top 10 or 15 pick. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, in 2021, he comes out, he starts a little bit slow. And then at about game six, game seven, all of a sudden 
He's putting up, what was it, uh, 152 yards in, against Alabama with a touchdown in the third quarter that made it a seven-point game down in Tuscaloosa. Then he has, what, seven straight games with a touchdown. He had five of the last six games over 100 yards receiving. I mean, he torched Purdue. He, he had 200 yards against Georgia with the touchdown. You know, and obviously, we're seeing that Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, Georgia Bulldogs, I mean, same thing, defense. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> You know, one of the one of the best defenses of all time in college football, and he just torched them for 200 yards. I mean, here's a guy. I mean, he's six three, two fifteen. He's got four five speed, which at six three, two fifteen, that is plenty fast enough in the NFL. And in what you're getting out of him, he's a quiet leader. He leads more by example. He's not much of a talker. You know, he's a he's one of those guys that says, "Hey, follow me. Let's go do this." Um, He's a great teammate. Every kid that I've talked to, you know, I, I made friends with Jalen. He's a, he's a professional cyclist dude, got to know him pretty well. And uh, one of the things that he says about Cedric is he's just a great teammate. And he, you know, he's, he seems to be the best friend of everybody on the team and what you're getting on the field. He's a physical wide receiver. Um, one of the examples of that, if you got a chance to go back, the, the 2022 uh, Pittsburgh game, you know, Pittsburgh had one of the top 25 defenses in college football. He goes for 162 yards and a touchdown. Well, that touchdown came in overtime to win the game. And it was one of those like high point catches, you know, he goes up and pulls it down, you know, kind of gives that defender just that little nudge, you know, um, to get that space and, and, and scores the touchdown that, that, that ultimately won the game for Tennessee. And, you know, that very next week is when that, that Akron game where he got that high ankle sprain. And after that, he just wasn't the same. He never was a hundred percent again, the rest of the season. Now, you know, you know, obviously we talked about him being a big physical receiver. What, like in your eyes, I mean, obviously you got, you know, a, a firsthand look from the sidelines. What, what, what do you think he needs uh, to work on? Uh, or is it just a matter of him being NFL ready? And he's, you know, obviously he would have been a first round pick if he wasn't injured. Is there something, what, what, what are his weaknesses that he could improve on you th- in your opinion? He just needs to get reps in the NFL game. I mean, he's, he's older uh, because of the COVID year than a lot of kids um, that have, especially Brown's draft picks. I mean, they're always drafting them young up there in Cleveland. Uh, you know, he's a little bit older. He just needs game reps to be honest with you. I mean, more than anything, I think, Honestly, comparison in the NFL, he's he's like DPJ. You know, he's, yeah. he's a big physical guy. He's not going to, like, you know, run by you and, and beat you deep all the time. He is going to sneak up on you with a couple of those, but he's going to be that guy down by the end zone that you're going to be throwing, you know, the balls up in the air to that, you know, he can go get it over a DB. So there was a lot of uh, – one of the hesitations for Browns fans. Uh, I don't know uh, – You, I, I'm going to guess you're probably well aware of this. But our owner here uh, of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> makes Browns fans feel a little bit icky sometimes with <laughs> yeah. what he does uh, and how he acts and when he's involved. And I got to tell you, there was a little bit of a groan that you could kind of sense. And this has nothing to do with Cedric Tillman. But there was a little bit of a groan that you can sense. The Browns are getting ready to be on the clock for the first time in the whole dang draft. All of a sudden, Jalen Hyatt's sitting there, which, again, according to all the big boards and all that, Jalen Hyatt was way up top, you know, way up in the big boards. And Cedric Tillman wasn't a guy, because of age guardrails that we're so used to here in Cleveland, 
Not even a guy we really had considered. It's not a guy we had ever, we had never talked about Cedric Tillman <laughs> because he just wasn't in that mold of a guy that the Browns would draft. And, and there were other guys that were. And then the Giants trade above the Browns. They draft Jalen Hyatt. And there was this like little hesitation there when the Browns came out and announced Cedric Tillman. There was a little like, did Jimmy Haslam just say, oh, well, that Tennessee receiver went, so we're going to go get this Tennessee receiver. (laughs) And there was like, there were people saying like, this feels like Jimmy Haslam just said, we're going to get a Tennessee guy. Jimmy Haslam's also very well known that he shows up at practice down there for the Tennessee volunteers. And he's all over that program. Uh, Tell people why they can just relax a little on that. uh, And, and, and why, like, do you think if not for the injury, do you think Cedric Tillman would have been in the conversation up there with J- where you, we kind of expected Jalen Hyatt to go? Maybe early second round, kind of in that range. Oh yeah, I mean before before the injury, Cedric Tillman was the number one wide receiver at Tennessee, and it wasn't close. You know that Pittsburgh game, he was the best player on the field um, the entire time the Tennessee offense was on the field. Um, I love Jalen. I think Jalen's going to be ultra talented. He's a speed guy. You know, every time he'd scored a touchdown, well, three of his five touchdowns against Alabama, he came straight to my camera doing this, doing this in front of my camera. I love the kid, Um, especially when he sees me and, you know, seeks me out and comes and gets that, you know, gives me that amazing shot. But, um, you know, before that injury, Cedric was the number one guy. And, And if you go and look at the numbers from 2021, do this. The numbers from the two years combined, his numbers are still better than Jalen's, even though Jalen had that huge year this year. Jalen had an opportunity to have that huge year because Cedric got hurt. If not, Cedric's getting a lot of those targets. Wow. Wow. Go ahead, Chad. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, you're up. You're up. Okay. No, that's fine. So we're looking at uh, we're looking at Cedric Tillman coming into this Browns team, right? Coming into this offseason, uh, I don't know if you noticed this last year, but the Browns wide receiver position was really thin last year. It was pretty rough. Really thin. I mean, Amari Cooper was great. DPJ grew in a way that you love to see out of a sixth-round pick. And then there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of other things that happened uh, in that room. Uh, so they address that this offseason. They go out and trade for Elijah Moore. They bring in Marquise Goodwin. And all of a sudden, you bring in Cedric Tillman. You make him the first pick in the draft. It, it, it's such a clear, we need to overhaul this position. Uh, where can he, in, in, in what has all of a sudden become a kind of talented, kind of crowded wide receiver room, how can he come in and make an impact? Where do you see, A, mentally, that he can kind of stick through it and, and know that he's a rookie, but come in and try to make an impact and, and physically out on the field? How can he find his way out on the field? I think when, when you get into camp, and you watch the kid uh, uh, when he's 100% healthy in camp, he's going to blow you away. Like, he's one of those guys. He's what I think the Browns are doing. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is every time he has another good season, and he, he just keeps building them and getting better and better and better. He's going to be expensive after this year. Yep. Cedric is yeah. going to be probably the replacement for Donovan Peoples-Jones if they can't afford to keep him. Um, he's going to find his way on the field. He's going to force his way on the field because he's he's a good football player. One thing, though, that you're going to want to watch in camp, 
Dorian Thompson Robinson and Cedric were high school yes. teammates at Bishop Gorman out there in Las Vegas. So they already have, like, they were throwing together two weeks ago. So, yeah. you know, he's already going to be, he's going to have that, you know, maybe not with Deshaun yet, but he's going to have some chemistry with one of the quarterbacks already. And I don't know this to be true, but I know that Josh Dobbs throws with a lot of Tennessee guys as well. So he may have, you know, a little bit of chemistry with the backup quarterback as well. So I think he's going to walk into camp and he's going to impress a lot of people on just everything. He's just, I think he's going to be a great pro. I think he's, I don't think he's going to be a, you know, a year in and year out pro bowl player, but I think he's going to make an impact right away. And then I think down the road that he's going to be a part of this Browns offense in a big way. Now you touched on it a little bit, Uh, you know, saying, you know, he's a quiet leader. He's, you know, everybody followed me. And then, you know, you were there for three years. So, I mean, and you, we, we were talking a little bit before the show started, you know, you said, you know, Cedric real well. I mean, did you get to know him at all on a personal level? Like, do you have a story uh, about Cedric as far as like an insight into his character? Um, no, no real stories. I mean, they kind of, it's one of the things I didn't like about covering Tennessee. Uh, they're very reserved. They try to kind of keep you away Mm, okay. from these players because there's so many media people that are trying to cover them. You know, I'd hear the stories about, well, when Fulmer was there back in the day, we could go to all the practices and whatnot. Well, yeah, there was seven of you total covering the team. Now there's like 35 <laughs> or 40 of us, you know. Um, they don't trust everybody that's there. So they, they kind of kept us away from those guys. He wasn't one that I got to know one of his parents. That's kind of how we went about it at WATE is we kind of made friends with the parents and, okay. you know, Reese is doing that same thing with basketball. I did it with baseball when I was, when I was up there. So um, I don't have any like real tight stories about him, you know, other than when he saw me, he said, Oh, Hey Tim, how's it going? You know, he knew our names, which is, which says a lot when they kind of keep you away from him. Right. Um, I do have a funny story about Josh Heupel though, because they kind of did the same thing with Josh. Right. And, uh, so I see him on the sideline of a Catholic high game. My highlights that night stunk from that high school game because I just <laughs> I put the camera down and I sat there and talked with Josh. And uh, yeah, I asked him a question and he started giving me coach because I said, coach, you can't turn it off, can you? Said, Come on, man. We're just two guys. We're the same age, man. Let's just have a conversation. Then he found out that who my uncle was, Lee Owens, that used to be the Ashland and Akron coach, my uncle. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, that's Tim. He's our guy. And then at the Orange Bowl, I'm down on the field just trying to get cell phone video because we weren't allowed to shoot the game, you know, because right. television sure. contracts. And Heifel comes running over and hugs me. And I'm like, where did this come from? Look at you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, brothers don't shake hands. Family, And all of a sudden he likes me. But, uh, <laughs> no, they kind of keep us away from the guys there. And uh, but But you can really tell just – the little bit of interactions we get with these guys, which ones are like really good kids. And Cedric's a really good kid. We had a question in the comments from Kevo 680. Listen, we've seen a lot of big dudes come and go in the NFL, whether it's Cleveland or literally everywhere. They're not all good in the red zone. They aren't all good playmakers. You've talked about how you think he's going to be a good playmaker in the red zone. What makes him so good at the, it, it feels like all the highlights we see of him are him making catches in the red zone uh, physical big dude, but what makes him so good in the red zone? It's his, it's his body control. He gets, you know, like you, know, what makes a good rebounder in basketball? You know, you get in position, 
you know, you, you get your butt on the guy, you know, you're, you're, you're getting him out of position. That's what he does so well is, I mean, if you go back and you look at that touchdown catch he had in the Pittsburgh game, he puts himself into a position. Now, Hendon Hooker made a great throw as well, but he puts himself into a position where nobody else has a shot at that ball. And then he goes up and high points it for a touchdown that, that ultimately won the game. And then uh, he's just physical, man. Like, small corners are going to have trouble with Cedric Tillman in the NFL. Mm. Hmm. I like that. I like God, that. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll make me like the goal line fade. I hate that play so much, Tim. I, love I hate it so much, especially on fourth down. Oh, God. It depends on who's making the throw. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, I see Hendon Hooker drop the ball into a trash can a couple times to these guys on those little fades the last couple of years. So, random question: Hendon Hooker as a pro quarterback thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what? I didn't think. I didn't think the. Uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The kid up at uh, Philly. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be good. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be good when they picked him in the second round. I'm like, well, that's a wasted pick. Nope. It wasn't. He's awesome. <laughs> hey, for the first couple of years, you were right. <laughs> for the first couple of years. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And <laughs> they only – Philly got even better. It's, it is it is like nine teams in the AFC and Philly. Yeah, yeah that's it. right. That's right. It's great. I love being a Browns fan when that's the case. It's great. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah. We, when we finally get good, all of a sudden, everyone's good. Yeah, right. Uh, another random question. Uh, you have covered – they're in Knoxville. You've or in Knoxville. You cover Tennessee. You're down in Shreveport. Which, listen, I know Shreveport's. Uh, I used to. I lived in Texas for a couple of years. We spent a little bit of time in Louisiana. Shreveport's a long way from Baton Rouge, uh, but yeah. Louisiana's Tiger Country. I mean, like it just that is what oh, it yeah. is. You're, it's Tiger Country. So Neyland Stadium when Tennessee's good, or Death Valley. It's got to be Death Valley at night, though. And, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know. I'm thinking back to the Georgia game. Uh, no, the Ole Miss game. And then the Alabama game the last two years. Man, those were something else. That Alabama game, I was terrified after the game, trying to get out of the way of the Alabama players and the, the Tennessee players celebrating. And then all of a sudden, the student section comes running. That was wild. Um, now, I was at death valley for the 11 a.m game against tennessee ah. and it wasn't that great there were a lot of tennessee fans there but one thing when when you had you know there are a lot of lsu fans up here in shreveport you know and we're three and a half four hours away yeah well all you know a lot of my friends are high school football coaches or you know they always got something going on administrators things like that on friday nights so an 11 a.m game they can't go so yeah. then they sell their tickets. Well, guess who bought them? The Tennessee fans bought them. Yeah. Right now on Saturday night, all those North Louisiana people are also at the game. All those New Orleans people that maybe didn't come over are all there. And I don't know, man. Plus, what's, the, what's what's one of the best things? What's what's LSU football famous for? That tailgate scene outside of the stadium. Nobody does it like LSU. Listen, Nobody. I, it's I hard to do that at 11 a.m. with me. And go walking through there, and I get all kinds of gumbo and and jambalaya and nice. I just go walking through with the camera. I'm like, hey, hey I'm with the news, and they're like, yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> it's, it's not even on. on. I can't hold all this. Shit doesn't even have a battery in it. It's not. He's not even on. He's just like, go take the gumbo. <laughs> I'm like, I, I didn't even shoot any tailgating today, but I'm acting like I am. 
Yeah, really good right. question. Really good question in the chat from Serge. Uh, Death Valley at night or B Dub's basement with Chad? Oh yeah, you think, <laughs> think about this. Think about hey, B Dub's basement. Dark Chad. I don't know if you remember what we were drinking. Hell yes, I do. <laughs> it's got to be the B Dub's basement at night. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. Um, oh, so uh, outside but, of that, uh, outside of that, Tim. I mean, obviously, you know, we talked uh, about Tillman, but you know, you're front. You're from Ohio. I mean, you're a Cleveland sports fan guy. What did you think of the rest of the Browns draft? I mean, for not having any early picks, I like it. Uh, the, the kid from Ohio State is humongous. Like, he, if, if they can keep his weight down, I mean, you're putting him with the best offensive line coach in the NFL. You know, can he develop? I love that pick. I know other Ohio State, you know, Ohio State fans are going to love the uh, sixth-round pick to the center. Uh, Whipler. Why don't I put a C on that? Yeah, he's a he's a guy that you know. When you, anytime you put him with with uh, Coach Callahan, I mean, there's a good shot they're going to develop into a pretty good player. And the 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 ball of clay that Dewan Jones is. Yeah, I mean, he can be really good. And I know they just you know picked up the five fifth year option on on Jed, um, but if but if Jed's you know, kind of average all of a sudden, maybe you got a guy that you can kind of develop over the next two years into, into something. You said um, you've seen Isaiah McGuire. Yeah. I've seen McGuire play. He had a sack and a tackle for loss against the Vols this past year. Um, pretty, pretty solid player. From what I saw, he was getting off the edge. He was going against uh, Darnell Wright for a lot of the game. Yeah. Um, Darnell Wright went what? Number 10 overall. Yep, the bear. He's a bear. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty solid player. I think, I think he can help. I think this draft, it, it all, it's going to come down to, uh, and I'm going to screw up this guy's name. Is it Siaka Ika? Siaki Ika. Siaki Ika. The, the Baylor DT, he was, he was at LSU uh, during that 2019 team as a freshman and he, he played. He was a rotational guy on the defensive line for that national championship team. That was one of the best teams I've ever seen play. And, uh, and, you know, and then he left and went to Baylor, uh, when Dave Aranda went to Baylor, but it's going to depend on him because listen, I, I drove down last year to the Atlanta game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, another guy, uh, from Knoxville is from Mansfield, Ohio. Mm. We met, we became friends. Gee. We drove down to that game mm. and, uh, I looked at him and I go, man, they cannot stop the run. You can't do anything uh, against the run. And yeah. then the, the, the Falcons, they completed like seven passes the entire game. That was it. They just ran it right down the Browns' throats. And I'm going, well, they got to do something about that. Now, Tomlinson <laughs> is a start. Well, they're going to need more than just that because those guys that were on the team at last year in the middle of that line and the linebackers being kind of light, they couldn't stop the run. And it was, yeah. it was hard to watch as a fan, that Atlanta game. It was really hard to watch. I, I, Turned around to the people behind me, and I go, well, we're going to be good someday. Yeah, yeah. And they still had a chance to win that game, too. For as much as they got dominated, they, they still won. had a chance to win that game. They should have won. won. Ridiculous. They should have won that game. The Baltimore uh, game, they could have won. I mean, like, listen, it's guys, like. Guys, we're going down a dark road right now. We're going down <laughs> I'm gonna a dark. I'm going to need more beer. I'm going to need more beer. We're going down a dark damn road. Six, whatever that was. 
<laughs> Tim is going to start drinking that beer if we keep talking about this. <laughs> cry like a little baby again. <laughs> so Tim, we're going to let you. We're going to let you get going. We're going to let you go get ready for work. But I want one last. Uh, I want one last hype up moment here uh, for Cedric Tillman and the Cleveland Browns. Let's say Cedric Tillman hits his potential. Let's say Cedric Tillman turns into the the very best version of Cedric Tillman. What's what's the comp for that guy? What's the comp? What do you think? What do you think that guy can turn into? Uh, I think he can be. Uh, he's a borderline number one receiver. I I, I think that's going to be his ceiling. Is is, you know, if Elijah Moore is your number one receiver and Cedric Tillman reaches his potential, and you know, that's a pretty good one-two punch. Um, we'll see if Elijah Moore hits his potential too. Right. That's right. Um, there's a lot of you know ifs and buts, but I think I think that Cedric can be a really good player in the NFL. I kind of picture uh, him like an AJ Brown. Like that was that was kind of my comp for him if he reaches his full potential. Maybe, may, maybe that good. Uh, you know, I'll temper it a little bit, but yeah. uh, I, I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL, and I think he's going to be in the NFL for you know. 10, 11 years. No, 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 Tim. Let's do the Browns thing. Oh, he's going to be great. He's going to be all like, it's the off season. Oh, right? like this... Browns fan thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're going to go 16 and one. Let's go. Okay. Super bowl. And I can see it. Uh, Dominate in the division. I can see it. Um, they will not lose to an AFC team. No, oh, I can totally no see it. Chance. We're going to beat Baltimore twice. Oh yeah. Especially there. <laughs> oh, I and can see Pittsburgh, it. Psh, domination. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, a horrible city That's over great. there. It's actually a very nice city. I was down there don't, <laughs> for the Tennessee don't, game. We don't. sat up on the hill, got you know my live shots with the stadium in the background. It was very pretty. We uh, don't say nice things, even if it's nice. We don't say nice things. We'll never be Cleveland. There, there we go. You damn. Right. Okay, that made up for it. You damn. Right. But I was like, I was, I was, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, man, I thought this place was a dump. It's really not. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Timmy, Tim, too much, too much, Tim. Reel it in, reel well, it in. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's what, fine. What's that beer they got over there? Iron City. It's crap. Oh, it's uh, toilet water. Uh, there you go. I, got, I got your back with the beer. It's called yeah. toilet it's water. On Great Lakes. It's got nothing on fatheads. No. Yeah. 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 Well, good there. I see light can get thrown in the Monongahela. All right. All the right. Monongah. You, you get. You get it. You get um, it amazing insight on Cedric Tillman and, and the Vols and the system he's coming from and what he can become uh, in the pros really appreciate you taking the time again, very last minute from down there in Shreveport, the offices of NBC six news there in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, Congrats on the job there Uh, moving down there just a few months ago. Uh, Hope you're loving it. Hope you're loving being back in Louisiana. We love having you on in Ohio and, uh, uh, it was very fun getting to chat with you. Very fun listening to you and Chad talk about some stories. And uh, listen, hopefully there's so we many can... more. There's yeah, there's two, there's a lot. There's a lot. If I ever come on again, I'll crack this open and drink it with you guys. Let's go, Tim. Next time you're in Cleveland, it's you, me, Chad, live, basement of a B Dubs. Oh, I mean, I know some people. Let's go. People he got he connections. Yeah. Everybody in the Madison, in the greater Madison, uh, Ashland area know each other. So I'm sure he can hook us up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody down there. <laughs> That's awesome. Tim Owens, go follow Tim Owens. Tim Owens TV. Again, a lot of good insight here tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Have a great broadcast tonight. We'll catch up with you down the road. 
Thanks, guys. Later, Tim. Tim Owens. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, again, uh, Chad, shout out to you, man, for thinking of Tim uh, and 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 bringing him in to talk a little bit about Cedric Tillman. Uh, great insight. Yeah. Great insight yeah. uh, by Tim Owens on Cedric Tillman, uh, just as far as a guy that's been around that program for a couple of years. I immediately texted Joe. You know, like when we release our episodes, we release the clips. Sure. Sure. I immediately texted Joey. Joey puts all that together. And Joey, uh, God love him, uh, not with us tonight because he's at Yankee Stadium watching the Guardians blow a lead again. Okay. Uh, but he's at Yankee Stadium watching this Guardian series. Uh, I immediately said him when Tim was like, um, Tillman was clear cut number one receiver on Tennessee, and it wasn't even close. I was like, I got goosebumps. I Let's like, go. Yeah. I was like, oh man, come on. <laughs> okay. And you again, got all goose, the talk, you got the goosebumpies. Oh, all the talk on and, and again, nothing against Jalen Hyatt. Again, that's a guy he he fell, and we were like, oh crap, are the Browns gonna take Jalen Hyatt? And then and yeah. then the Giants jumped in front of him. Yeah, I but think everybody was that. just worried about the speed. Like, I think that's why. Like, I think if Tillman ran like a four three, they would have. Everybody would have been like, "Oh, that's fine, that's fine." Dude, like, I think you know. I know. I, I'm assuming we were going to get into this uh, <laughs> after you, after you talk about it, but after we talked about this, but if the, if this draft taught me anything, it's just that these experts. Their 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 board, their big boards are kind of more like guidelines rather than something to go by because oh, it was sure. just it was all over the place, dude. All well, over the place. But you just never that's the thing. And that it's the thing that we need to learn a lesson on as people that try to prepare and analyze and go through the draft. Yeah. And again, I spent hours, hours on this stupid thing. But I think it's also something that 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 fans need to kind of just prep for as well. When when the draft yeah. is coming up, you have you can sit there and rank the players that you like, right? And you can come up with your consensus big boards. And so, so many people do so much good work on that, right? When I was talking to Dane Brugler today. That dude does some of the best work on the draft that you will ever see. But nobody really knows. You don't know when the Detroit lions have a running back as their number one dude, right? You don't know. You just don't know. Right. Because I mean, that, and that's what it is. It's clear that, that, that teams, teams just value people differently, regardless of what you think. Yeah, I, I, teams I, I, draft differently. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, one of the things that shouldn't surprise us, take the lions, for example, with Dan Campbell as the head coach, and with John Dorsey making calls in that front office, because remember, that's where Buddy Boy is. Yeah. It shouldn't surprise you that they go after players that aren't of the positional value and analytically the the guys that, that are darlings of the numbers people. That's not the front office that's going to do that. So, like, for me next year, when I'm going through, like, mocks and all that, I'm going to be like, okay, Detroit, do the opposite of what, like, my head is telling me. Right. Right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. And it doesn't mean like, it doesn't mean that's not going to work out for them, but like, just do the opposite. Don't think the way that I want to think, think different than that. And that's yeah. probably what Detroit's going to do. 
Yeah, and that's and that's the reason why I just kind of was shaking my head about people just going nuts over all these picks. First of all, they're mid-rounders, so you have zero idea. Yeah. And if you mean to tell me, like, the common person who doesn't do, like, who just maybe just watches YouTube highlights is going, oh, no, I really like, you know, I really like this third corner out of uh, Southwestern Louisiana State University, uh, you, you know, Bobby Boucher. And, like, like you know, you don't you don't know why you wanted the guy. You just know you you just know that like he was a player on that team and he was pretty good for that team. Just relax because the 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 teams have done their research. Okay, they're they're not they're they're not uh, uh, dumber than you are when it <laughs> they're not dumber than you are when it comes to the draft. Okay, they're they're just not. So we talked about you, this. You, oh, I was just going to say we talked about this a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on this. We were grading the draft. Yeah. Which I don't want to be stupid about. So here was my thoughts on the draft. And then I want to hear your thoughts on the draft in total. Sure. Cause we do these draft grades, which frankly, when your first pick isn't until 74. Yeah. And you pick from the third to the sixth round graph grades, aren't the graft dra- grades, graft draft grades, draft grades, draft grades. Yeah. Jesus are not going to work themselves out this year yeah. or next year. Right. Or whatever. Right. It's going to take a minute for these real grades to happen. Right. But what I said was I gave the Browns a C, a C plus, I think, for the draft. Okay. Because the players are mid-round level players. Yeah. And nothing changes that until they change it out on the field, right? Sure. So I can't say that they're going to be – I can't be like, oh, uh, I don't know, Whipler is going to be great. I don't, I don't know. We may never see Luke Whippler play for the Browns. We may never even see it. Right. But what I did give them, I gave them an A for the way they approached the draft. This was very different for the Browns. Right. This is not the way they've approached draft. We didn't have said Tillman on the board. No. Cause said Tillman's older and had an injury. And didn't fit into so many of the categories that we usually pigeonhole the Browns into. Siaki Ika is unlike any other defensive tackle that Andrew Barry has ever even brought into the Browns. Right. He's never brought a player of this type in. Like kind of a true nose tackle type of player. Sure. Never has he done that. Yeah. So this was very different. It, It showed to me, it showed a willingness to change. It showed a willingness to do things differently. And so, uh, and, and, and it showed a, uh, an understanding that the way you've done things the past couple of years, maybe hadn't been, hadn't been working. And so I gave him an A for the way they approached the draft. And I gave him a C for the players because we have that, that I'm, when you're picking that in those mid rounds, who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. What are your sure. thoughts? See, I don't really do grades. I, I, I just don't because it is just the, the draft is so subjective that you have no idea what's going to happen with these players. You, you, you really have no idea who's going to step up, who's going to show out in camp, who's going to be. I mean, DPJ was a sixth round pick and now he's almost going to be a 10 to 12 million dollar player. So, I, yeah, I just I don't do draft right. grades. But, uh, you know, as far as I, I really like what you said there, as far as the willingness to change, because, you know, Andrew Barry is a, is, is a smart guy, right? And he's he's a smart guy in recognizing that he knows where the holes in this team are, right? He knows where he knows where he needs to get better, okay? And and he goes out and he addresses it, okay? You know, it, our receiver room was bad. He goes and he goes and he takes uh, 
he goes and he um, trades for Amari Cooper, steals Amari Cooper, and he looks and and he looks for the best values in this. You know, he he know like the the, the year before that, right? Our passing, our our secondary was god awful. He goes and he signs JJ three. Obviously, that didn't work out, but on paper, that was a great move at the time. He goes and he drafts Greg Newsom, right? He 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 addresses the secondary this this coming year. Our receiving core was thin. We needed to get deeper. We need to get it more talented in that receiving core. He goes and he gets Elijah Moore. And then he goes and he gets a, a, a sizable guy like Cedric Tillman, right? A sizable receiver in Cedric Tillman. Our run defense was God awful. It was the worst, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to pound my head through a, uh, this drywall in, 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 my, in my basement here because it was so bad. He goes and he gets Dalvin Tomlinson, right? And he goes Siaki Ika. Who, who, yes, people didn't like it, but you know what? If he becomes the run stuffer that we need for the next 10 to 15 years, it was a brilliant pick. Okay. It was a, it was a brilliant pick. I do want to, I'm a little nervous about Siaki Ika. Okay. For a couple of reasons. Um, I think our boy, I'm not going to put any of his comments because I think he's being a little disrespectful to be honest, but Russ, there's this guy, Russell Wagner in the comments uh, that um, doesn't like Siaki Ika and that's fine. Okay. Um, there's reasons I'm a little nervous. Okay. I'm a little nervous that your guy that's supposed to kind of anchor your defensive line hasn't didn't test. He didn't, he didn't test on the bench. Like that's a huge, he, he that is it, such a huge part of his position. Uh, I'm a little nervous about whether he can come out and be this guy that we want him to be right. Like people are, uh, I I like what Jake Burns said. Like, I think we need to stop thinking of him as like Vita Vea because that's the guy that people keep being like, oh, he could turn into Vita Vea. Vita Vea is like generationally good. And this, like, can this guy be Danny Shelton? Is It needs to be more of the question. Now, can he? Can, can this guy be a guy that just eats double teams and maybe makes a few plays here and there? Because even that would be valuable to the Browns based on what they had before. Yeah, but like, I'm a, I'm a little, I, I, I was like down on it when they drafted him, and then I got up on it when, when I read like a lot of them. people love that pick. The, the national analysts were like, "That's a great pick," and then I've like kind of calmed down and been like, "I don't think I hate the pick," but he is like, uh, to me, he's going to be the whoa, slow your roll guy. Sure, he's going to be the. He, I, I think people are judging him as if they think he's going to be something right away. I don't know if he's going to be something right away. I think he's going to need a little bit of work. And that's why you can never, and, and that's why you can never get too high or too low on mid rounders, especially with mid round guys. That's exactly, I mean, that's exactly right. what Ex- you get. That, yes. That's exactly what you get with mid round guys. He could be this or he could be that. But, but why, why would you, why would you well, yeah, why would you hate on, on the pick? You know, on paper, sure. But uh, why would you hate on the pick before you've seen him play it down? If he takes yeah. up double teams, which is which is exactly what a nose tackle is supposed to do. If he takes on double teams and, and he opens up uh, gaps for Walker and JOK to shoot, that is that is perfect. It's a it's 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 perfectly. He's doing his job perfectly. So yep. who knows? We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they get some more depth uh, at defensive tackle here before the season starts. But if not. Let's 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 ride with Ika until he uh, until until he uh, until he trust Ika until he gives you reason not to. So that's all all I'm in. I was just going to ask you, Chad, uh, where do we need to? It sounds very much to me like the Browns are pulling out of the defensive tackle market. Uh huh. 
uh, our own Brad Stainbrook reported today that they are not interested in resuming conversations with Al Woods. I don't know if that's, you know, things can change and that's not. Well, a Brad. He's 117 years old. That's, that's not a Brad Stainbrook uh, thing because things can change and you don't know when things can change, but uh, it, it sounds like the Browns are kind of pulling back on that defensive tackle market. So, but there's also very, like, you've got to be concerned about depth at safety. Yeah. I mean, I know you brought in Ronnie Hickman, but he's an undrafted dude. Like he made undrafted dudes don't always make the team. Right. And I know in Ohio state, we're so used to talking about Ronnie Hickman that you think, Oh, well, like in my own head, I'm thinking, I'll make the team. It's an uphill battle as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. hundred percent, especially uh, uh, as inconsistent and he as he was throughout his college career. So I think they've done a lot. They've really addressed wide receiver. They have addressed def- defensive tackle, even if that means they're, you're going to have to be watching Perry and Winfrey and stuff again this year as part of the depth. Uh, where do the Browns, where do the Browns need to kind of finish this offseason process? What do they still need to do? And uh, just in your mind uh, to get them ready to actually compete in the AFC North and in general, the AFC next year. Well, if they're if they're out of the defensive tackle market, uh, if that's true, then I think they need to address. I think they could use one more linebacker and they could use depth at safety. Uh, I I think that's very, very important uh, because, you know, Grant Delpit and uh, Juan Thornhill back there. Yes. I mean, those are two pretty solid starters in the back. But uh, I I mean, if they get hurt, I, I don't know. I don't know about the depth behind them. I don't know if those players can be. Uh, productive. I think you're one injury away from just teams, just basically being able to air it out on you. So uh, I, I think that's going to be the important positions is maybe one more linebacker uh, because I mean, Anthony Walker, look at his last two years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love yeah, him when yeah. he's in, he's, he's super yeah. effective when he's in, he's the leader yeah. out there on that defense, but he's coming off a serious injury. So I think you really need something behind him. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I think, I think linebacker and safety, I think that's where we're at. Uh, I will retweet or put this retweet. Jesus has spent too much time. Online. Uh, I will say this from Russell Wagner. He wants a starting three tech defensive tackle, uh, a starting defensive end that I don't understand. You've got two starting defensive ends on the team, a backup safety, and uh, a running back and a nose blocker, a definitely yep. a nose blocker. Uh, and then Kevo says he wants another safety, a receiving running back and interior D line. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And, and, and again, uh, I've kind of talked about this seems to be like a little bit of a, uh, uh, a season of change for Andrew Barry. We'll see as camp goes on and we, we start getting into cuts and yeah. you know, good players always get cut, especially older veteran players. Sure. We'll see if this is the year where Andrew Barry is one of those guys, much like Howie Roseman, his mentor in Philly was, last year waiting for some of those veteran names to get released and adding that uh adding that in uh to your team because i think this may be the year where you see andrew barry start doing that yeah don't get me wrong d line would be my number one priority but if it is true that they are out of the d line market then yeah i think i i I think uh linebacker and safety is 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 very important because i mean you have depth now uh with mcguire and um I, I'm I'm missing a couple people. I know I'm missing a couple people, but I, I and I think they have a lot of trust in Jerome Ford to be able to back up Nick Chubb this year. So we still need another one. I think. Yeah, you see, you you do, you do. 
Uh, I mean, Jarek McKinnon's gone, but I mean, who's left out there? That's kind of worth signing. A lot of guys. A lot of guys. Are okay, still left fine. On that Listen, part. Justin Jackson, bring up Philip Lindsay, bring in uh, Ricky Waters. Uh, I think I know they have available. interest in Justin Jackson for sure. Yeah, so Ricky we'll Waters, uh, Eric Ricky Dickerson, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eric Metcalf. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, all right. I do want to move. I, I want to talk, Chad, uh, a little bit about other just highlights of the draft. And I want to let you kind of harp in on that of just sure. other things that happened in the draft that you found interesting. Sure. I want to talk. I want to switch gears a little bit before we get out of here. We got about a half hour left on our on our normal time. The show always flies by um, uh, where maybe we get into a couple uh, basketball related or hockey related topics because there's been fascinating stuff going on there. Speaking of which, the Panthers took game one from Toronto. Wow, wow, we wow. Hey, hey. Uh, but before we do that, uh, our mid show little break. It belongs to our segment called our asshole of the week. And so, Chad, you got an asshole of the week this week? Go fuck yourself, Boston fans. <laughs> I, uh, seriously. <laughs> Nobody does heartbreak like Boston sports teams. Oh, my God. Shut your mouths. Okay, you're constantly in the playoffs. You're you you just got done with a two decade run of, of nothing but championships across a couple of sports. All your shut, sports. Shut your mouth. Like like I, I don't know what I don't know what gives you the idea that all of a sudden you're the one that you're the you're the city that has the the worst heartbreaks of any sports city. We've all had heartbreaks, okay? But you know what? All of us haven't won. Shut your mouth. That city has that city has had more joy and more parades in the last two decades than I don't know than probably Anybody. any other city in America. Shut your yes. mouths. You guys are assholes. I don't understand what's going on. It, it, to <laughs> me, it's like the same thing as Travis Kelsey in uh, after they won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and Kelsey. Nobody believed in us. <laughs> Uh, nobody nobody <laughs> believed in us but we made it happen yeah. uh, right what is going right. on with boston fans oh nobody knows heartbreak like boston yeah what shut <laughs> all of your teams have won almost all your teams have won multiple titles yeah this this century right <laughs> right <laughs> what are you talking about right oh, oh wild wild. Oh, sorry you've gone through a couple of tough losses shut up you know, you know why? Because you're going to be back in the playoffs next year. Okay? Yeah. Shut it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I'm going to go with a repeater for my asshole of the week. I'm going to go repeat asshole. You just stole. Uh, I was going to go with two assholes of the week. Okay. Uh, but one of them was going to be the Bruins and their fans and Boston uh, for having the greatest regular season of all time and then getting beat by a team that barely squeaked into the playoffs at the last minute uh, the Florida Panthers, who are now, like you said, up one nothing in their next uh, in their next series. Um, I'm going to go back to Dylan Brooks. I'm going to go back to Dylan Brooks. He was my asshole of the week That's a couple a good weeks one. ago. My asshole of the week a couple weeks ago because Dylan Brooks is the most unnecessarily confident dude I've ever seen. And <laughs> yeah. un, uh, not un, unnecessary. Maybe that's not the right word. Unwarranted, unwarranted confidence. Right. Dylan Brooks, you could, you're a pretty decent NBA player. And that is what you are. You are pretty decent. You are pretty okay. Yeah. You can have a couple good games every now and then, but there's also games where you just kind of suck. 
Yeah. You're just a, you're a you are av- you are meh. You are average. You are, you are meh. <laughs> you are just the most middle of the road NBA basketball player on the planet. <laughs> and you decided you decided to get real dressed up. You decided to to make yourself available for every camera that that would ever look at you. Every camera that you could get pointed at you, you got it pointed at you. And every time you made a basket in your playoff series, you got in LeBron James's face. And I called you an asshole the week because you made life easy for LeBron and the Lakers. It just instant motivation. We're not going to let Dylan Brooks beat us. Yeah. How dare he? I, I don't, I don't just blame Dylan Brooks for LeBron just taking over that series, but I blame Dylan Brooks. And like, you could see Anthony Davis was like, I'm not going to lose to Dylan Brooks. <laughs> like that whole uh, D'Angelo Russell. I'm not going to lose to Dylan Brooks. All right. So I called him an asshole of the week for that. Uh, you're an asshole for the, of the week this week because the Memphis Grizzlies also thought you were an asshole. <laughs> By no. <laughs> the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies came out and said, oh, yeah, you're not coming back to play for us. Like, under, under no, no circumstances. circumstances. <laughs> are you coming back to play basketball <laughs> for our team? You for lack, pardon my French, but you fucked us. Is yeah. that, I'm, I'm going to guess that that's how the conversation actually went. Right, right. Dylan, thanks for the fucking. Right. Don't ever come back. <laughs> Don't ever come back. Goodbye. What an asshole. What yeah. an asshole. He's like a, he's like a perfect candidate to be like, like for, for like just like a mid-level team to overpay him. Like, I feel like he's going to end up on like, Chicago or like Minnesota or, or like China. Yeah. China. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people comparing him to um, Draymond. And on the court, I can see it because those guys love to get under everybody's skin. And that's what they try to do. You know, Draymond's out there trying to trying to do it. Here's the difference. Here's why Memphis is getting rid of him off the court. Everybody likes Draymond. Like think of the battles that Draymond and LeBron have had on the court and think about how much that seemed like they hated each other. Right. They are boys off the court. They hang out. They love each other. People like Draymond Green. When you see Draymond doing like the podcast stuff or like on TV, you're like, Oh, he's pretty good at this. Like, and he, he comes across as like a likable dude. Right. Nobody likes, nobody likes Dylan Brooks. Draymond Green looked like Donkey from Shrek. <laughs> God. <laughs> Do you remember that from Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets? Yes. I just love I just yeah. love how he's cracking himself up. <laughs> yeah. It it's like he's likable except for when he's playing. Yeah. Dylan Brooks is just no, don't come near us. Don't be around us. Right. He he wrecked the entire chemistry of a team that was a top seed, the number two seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. Wrecked them. Yep. So total asshole. Total asshole. Total asshole. Yeah. I don't know. He could get my asshole the week forever. I think oh, just something about people that think they're so much better than what they are. <laughs> uh all right, so I do want to go back to the draft for a minute. Then we'll just kind of like hot. I don't want to say hot topic. That sounds weird. It's like a shirt or a store oh. where we buy weird shirts at. We're going to go get Jenko jeans. 
Yeah. Maybe a wallet <laughs> chain. Our way through this. I'm gonna come <laughs> Maybe back a wallet dressed. chain. I'm going to come back dressed in, dressed in all my goth apparel. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to yeah. make our way through our other topics. But uh, Chad, uh, you and I haven't really got a chance to talk about the draft too much because um, you tried to pop on a couple times. It just is pretty tough. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of people on there. Um, so just give me some of your favorite stories, whether you think the shittiest picks of the draft the best picks of the draft or just kind of the interesting stuff that happened over draft weekend. God, I, I, I think that just the typical things happened. I, I, I mean, I think, I, I think for some reason, just, it always seems like there's, there's guys that are out there that are really good football players that just always seem to fall to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Oh, Right. Like, like, like with the Zay Flowers pick or, with, with, you know, with Darnell Washington or getting Joey Porter Jr. with the first pick in the second round. Pittsburgh, like, like I just, they always seem to fall to these assholes. And they just, they're just so smart in the way they draft. And I think they got so much better. And, you know, you know, a big rap, a big uh, rap, especially on Baltimore was they just cannot get Lamar a passing game. They cannot get Lamar weapons. And, you know, I, I know that Baltimore likes to be a running team, but I, I mean, I think this was a statement between getting Odell Beckham Jr. and drafting Zay Flowers. I think they're just going to be, they're trying to become a more well-balanced team and maybe keep Lamar from running so much, keeping, trying to keep him healthy, especially now that he's getting paid so much. So yeah, I just, I, I really like everything that uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore did. I, I mean, Philadelphia, Philadelphia is the prime example of a team that just doesn't overthink the draft. Like there's a better, there's, there's the most best guy of, the of most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, the best guy available on the board, they're like, yeah, here, here we go. Oh, another Georgia kid is available. Yeah. Let's go up and get him. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that it's, it's Howie Roseman is very smart at what he does. Um, I was baffled by Detroit. I, I was, I was, I was baffled by what Detroit does. I don't think they were, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lamar and Todd Munkin, what could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> I, I was baffled by Detroit. Uh, what they did. I mean, I know, I know DeAndre Swift has, was a little bit more injury prone, but you know, it was one of the worst defenses in the league last year. So you, I, I would have thought they would have addressed defense, especially with that first pick. Uh, but you know, I, I think that they got a good guy in Brian Branch in, in I think it was the second round. Uh, yep. second pick in the second round. So uh, they address safety, but I don't think they addressed uh, defense enough. So I think it's going to be another year of Jared Goff trying to outscore people and throwing 85 passes a game. Well, Branch and Jack Campbell. Uh, well, I, I don't know. See, I like, I like Jack Campbell. I, I like him. I, I like him. If this was 1998, no, uh, no, there's something, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but there's this, devaluation of positions yeah i still think man the, the and i think of my whole life 1998 2008 2015 i don't care what year it is some of the players that affect games more than other players like if i think back to defensive players that affect games as much as anybody else there are a lot of middle linebackers on that list a a a really truly incredibly talented middle linebacker impacts the game in the passing game, in the run game, in the pass rush, uh, all over the place. Like think like, like it, let's say Jack, Jack Campbell turns out to be like Luke Keekley. 
if that's the case, that was then dominant. Yeah, sure. Dominant. If, if sure, if that's the case, then yeah. But is is he as athletic as Luke Keekley? I don't know. We'll find out. Well, we're gonna, well, yeah, we're gonna find out if he's if he could be as good as a guy like Luke Keekley. But when you take a middle linebacker in the first round, that's kind of what you're hoping for. No, well, sure, sure. But I mean, a lot of a lot of, and that's and there's a that actually there is there's a prime example uh, of taking these draft guides as more like guidelines because a lot of people had Jack Campbell going into like the middle of the bottom of the second round. I know. So yeah, I mean, but obviously, uh, you know, Detroit valued him way, way, way higher than that. So we'll find. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll find out. I don't think he is that guy. Uh, but uh, again, we'll find out. So I was baffled by Detroit a little bit. Uh, let's see if there's. I do want to shout out. I want to go back while you think about that real quick. I don't know who it was. Tell me in the comments, guys on Twitch. uh, It doesn't tell me who did the, uh, the gifted subs, but we just had a sub train go. uh, And a lot of gifted subs just got sent out. So if you're on Twitch and you can let me know who gave the gifted subs, I I want to give them a shout out because we had a lot of these people just subscribe to the OBR Twitch. What does that mean? A gifted Uh, uh, Gifted it means that one it? person went on and paid for a sub for a subscription to the Twitch channel for a lot of other people. Wow. It was Kevo. Kevo, my dude, that is awesome. Is that all because of us? Shout all right. Yeah. <laughs> I love when they do that. That uh, That is a huge, huge, huge uh, thing for us. And we really, really appreciate you and your support. And, and frankly, it's just getting other people to come in and check out garage beers and the OBR and all that. So Kevo much love to you, my man. Uh, that was really, really cool. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Chad. Uh, yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't know. Green Bay just loves tight ends, I guess. I mean, not wide receivers. They just love tight ends. I I, I guess like there we are. Uh, Uh, yeah. Green Bay, those Green Bay fans are in for, those Green Bay fans are in for a oh, year. <laughs> a year. Yeah, they definitely are. But yeah, oh, I can't look at Kevo. Else you're getting love. My head. Am I, am I like breaking up a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, it's a stupid hotel internet. Kevo's getting love from the uh, YouTube side. So shout out to Kevo from the YouTube side. Um, all right, Chad, let's move away from the draft. Uh, we've spent uh, an hour and 10 minutes talking about it again. Uh, our buddy, your buddy, and now he's my buddy. I feel like he's my buddy too. Tim Owens. I want to drink with that guy in the basement of B dubs uh, yeah. came on to talk to us about Tennessee football, about Cedric Tillman. That was super cool. If you came and joined us late, make sure you watch the replay or listen to our episode on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen uh, to podcasts. Uh, but uh, Tim Owens was awesome. Talking about Cedric Tillman. We talked about the Browns. We talked about the draft. We got about 20 minutes left and I just want to talk about other stuff going on in the world. And, and frankly, Oh, it's such it's such a great time of the year in sports, Chad. Yeah, it really is. Outside of if if football is your favorite. If football is your favorite, if football is your favorite sport and NFL slash college football season is your time of the year. The next best time of the year is right now. Yeah, the Stanley Cup playoffs are in full effect. And even if you're not a hockey person, man, if you're not watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Even if you don't like hockey, even if you don't have a team or a lot of Clevelanders grew up like that without a team. And so they don't, they, you know, they love to tell you how they don't like hockey. What a beautiful goal by Seattle there. What a beautiful goal that just happened by Seattle. If you're not watching this, I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the the NBA playoffs, and, and I know some people don't like the NBA, but man, the playoffs, the stories that happened in the playoffs, I mean, look at what's happened. The the Bucks go down, the Cavs, I mean, that sucked, but that was a a wild story. Uh, 
you got the lay. Oh, and the stars just went right back at him and took the lead again. Uh, I'm uh, behind. <laughs> you had, you had, uh, uh, who, uh, Memphis. We talked about Memphis go down. You just, uh, I mean, the stories, everything that's going on. And then you got baseball happening. Uh, and baseball starting to get into that time of the year. I, I always feel like the first month of baseball, maybe ch- we can talk about this for a minute, Chad. The first month of baseball sucks. Oh, well, yeah, it does. Well, there's, Ugh, it's cold. Well, players- it's cold and there's just so much other stuff going on, right? Like you're in the heat of the NBA playoffs. You're in the Stanley cup playoffs. I mean, baseball and baseball is such a marathon season. It's kind of an afterthought at the beginning, you know, come, come June, come the middle of June, uh, you know, come the middle of June, you're, you're, you know, you have nothing else to watch other than baseball. So that's when you really get into it. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm watching a bunch of guys from the Dominican try to play baseball when it's 30 degrees outside. Yeah. 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 It's fun. fucking miserable out there. No, it's it's terrific. miserable. It's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's oh Yeah. Look at these guys from Venezuela and the Dominican and Puerto Rico and all these super hot climates up here in Cleveland trying to swing a bat when it's 30 in May. Put a dome on every stadium then, all right? Put a dome on them all. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. (laughs) Uh, Make the Dog says, uh, 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 we get this a lot. Hockey is a great game live. It doesn't translate well to TV. I tend to agree with you. If you're a real hockey fan, you love watching it on TV. Right. You but love watching it regardless. If you're kind of a casual hockey fan, and, and even for a hardcore hockey fan, hockey's way better live than it is on TV. It is. Even like for you, yeah. Chad, for me, 100%. it's way better live. 100%. But the Stanley Cup playoffs, oh, my God. it That translates, man. That translates. Yeah, you can feel the intensity in the playoffs. Incredible. You can feel the intensity in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. So let's talk real quick. Let's go through uh, – uh, some of the storylines that have happened in just sports in general, right? We've got the only thing we got going on right now in Cleveland are the guardians. They are off to their very average start, right? Which is right. average in terms of how the guardians usually start. Uh, by the way, remember how bad they were to start last year? Yeah. So for all the people that are kind of panicking because the guardians have lost a lot of series and all that stuff, uh, there's a lot of red flags. If I ever see Zach Plesak again, I might, I might, I might cry. You'll see him again. There's a lot of red flags yeah, about the guardians. If this offense doesn't pick it up, if they don't stop scoring in only the first or the ninth inning, it's going to be a problem, Uh, but it's pretty average. Let's talk about some of this other stuff going on around the country though. Uh, Let's talk about, let's talk about these Stanley cup playoffs because we just came off. I know the second round starting now, but we just came off this situation where we had what three game sevens in two days. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. I'm not, uh, listen, I, you, you know, obviously everybody has their favorite postseason, but the NHL postseason is my favorite. I, and I just, to me, the parody is unmatched. It, it just is because you just, you really never know what's going to happen. You don't, you don't. I, I mean, someone is going to win the cup this year who hasn't won it in almost two decades. The, the, the most recent cup winner was in 2006 the, of all the, of all the remaining Carolina, teams. right? Yeah, Carolina. So yeah, yeah. it's just, I, I believe the parody is unmatched. Um, you know, I think obviously it's that it, it's different levels of intensity, but I think that's what I enjoy the most is I, I just, I really feel like anything can happen. And what I mean, and what I mean when I say that is any team can beat any team in the playoffs because it, and, and it doesn't matter how good of a regular season that you had, right? Because we, as far as baseball, football, 
uh, baseball, football, well, basketball, basketball, basketball. I will say this: basketball definitely compares in this area. Um, definitely in, in spurts. In spurts, it, 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 it seems constant. Nah. Eight, seed, eight seeds beating one seeds isn't super uncommon in basketball. Uh, let's let's. I mean, we can back that up a little bit because I mean, obviously, we 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 benefited from it. But for the love of God, for those four years straight, everybody was just waiting for the Cavs and Warriors to meet in the finals. Yeah, but uh, I mean, like, look so, at this year, wild. Yo, sure, sure. This is the first this this is the first year that I can remember in a long time where I, I, it was just, you know, I was like, you never know who's going to win. I just, I just didn't know who was going to win. Russell, hold on. I'm going to go to Russell Wagner here because I think Russell was being a little rough in the comments earlier, but he, now he's redeeming himself. Russell, you're redeeming yourself. You're redeeming yourself. We brought up hockey and he wants to bring up the Blue Jackets. I'm always down to talk about the Blue Jackets. It says, quick question, Chad, I'm going to pose this to you. What does Columbus need to be great? They need to be healthy for a full season. Oh, well, relatively relatively healthy for a full season. They need a good coach. Uh, and they or, need or a coach, just any coach. really. Yeah. Any coach would be mean, great because we don't have one of those right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and they need a new goaltender. Uh, they definitely need a new goaltender. Um, uh, you know, outside that's, that's the start that like, that's scratching the surface. I mean, yes, they could use a few more good defensemen, but I, that's, that, that's the start of it. They need to be relative, remain relatively healthy, uh, a good coach and a new goaltender. Those that that's my, that's my top three things. My, my three off season priorities. Well, now, I mean, we I was, should, obviously they're going to get a new coach. So that's probably the first priority. We but. should bring this up. Uh, this is a new name in the comments. So welcome. We love having you. Uh, Mr. Was it Mako said should have gotten Bedard. Remember, they remember still Mr. Mako, remember Mr. Mako that uh, in the NHL, it's a draft lottery. It's not yeah. just a draft. They and still so can. The, the Blue Jackets have the second best chance at landing the number one pick. Yeah, they still can. I mean, and if if Fantilli is the, uh, the 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 consolation prize out of that, terrific. I I mean, I said it before. I said it before, and I'll say it again. If I can't have the unicorn, I'll take the stallion. So let's let's do it. If the Blue Jackets can come up with one of the top two picks, uh, you got to be thrilled. You got to yeah. be thrilled. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, listen uh, to what Chad said for the Blue Jackets. Um, they need well, oh, the Kraken tied it up, man. This game, this game again. If you're not watching playoff hockey since we started talking hockey for just like four minutes, there have been three goals in this game. Listen, uh, yeah, I haven't watched, I haven't been able to watch a ton of Kraken this year, but that first round playoff series was absolutely Bjorkstrand again. Bjorkstrand electric the for them, dude. Electric uh, for them. I mean, they, uh, they're just a relentless hockey team, and they're just. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they won this series, I picked the stars, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Kraken uh, are able to win, dude. I would not. Listen, listen, here's the deal for the blue jackets. Whoever they hire as a head coach. I think, I think one area where Lars really failed was um, complete lack of identity on the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you, where was Torts's when John Tortorella was the coach of the blue jackets, where was their the most positive thing he did, they always had a, an identity. You always knew who right. the Blue Jackets were going to be. Right. You always knew who they were going to be. It didn't always right. work out real well, but you always knew who they were going to be. With Lars, you had no idea who these guys were. You didn't know from game to game who these guys were. Right. And, and again, he was a first-time guy. He's a first-time guy. Uh, So it's going to take a minute to figure that out. And unfortunately they don't have it. When you make a move for a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, you don't have a minute. You got to figure this thing out. And so they've got to get a coach in there that brings an identity with them that can immediately translate out onto the ice. 
And then, and then they need goaltending and defense. I mean, I, I think the defense is waiting in the wings and you might see it this year with a lot of young, good defenders that are kind of coming up through the system, but goaltending and defense, Jesus Christ. So yeah. bad. So <laughs> bad. Yeah, top, top priority. And we're going to have a lot of cap space this offseason. So, I mean, the, the Blue Jackets can make some moves. They can. They can. Do but, you like, uh, so Kevo asked this question, do you think the NFL would ever go to a lottery to avoid tanking? Do you like the lottery system better or do you like the straight up finish where you finish, get your draft pick system better? <laughs> I don't know. What What do you think? I'm going to need a minute because I honestly, I've never really thought about it <laughs> i've never really I, thought about that i like the concept of the lottery yeah okay i like the concept of the lottery i like the concept of well if we do this lottery then just because you finish in last place doesn't mean that you're going to get that first pick here's where i think the lottery falls short and here's why i actually kind of like just give the worst team the best pick situation yeah You can say avoid tanking all you want, but we saw it with the Blue Jackets this year. We saw it with the Blue Jackets this year. Sure. You could say tanking, if you will. You could say tanking. Those guys, those guys are still out there trying to win games. Right. They're still out there trying. Like, push comes to shove. The only, the only people that tank are organizations. Like, like front offices might try to tank. Coaches might try to make moves to tank like a front office and a coaching staff might put lineups, whether it's any sport out there to try to tank. God, God knows the Browns put teams out there for the purpose of tanking. Yeah. But players don't tank. Like players do not tank. Yeah. And, and that's where the whole draft lottery thing kind of gets me because it feels like it punishes the players. It feels like, like take the Blue Jackets, for example, they were winning games down the, down the, till the end of the season. Right. They had a chance to have the, the number one odds for the top pick in the draft. And they won a couple of games down the, down the line. And they, and now they only have the second best odds. Sure. Players don't tanks don't tank. Right. I feel like the lottery system punishes them. So personally, I would rather just give the worst team the best pick. And I know that that means that some guys are going to, some organizations are going to tank. Like, again, look what the Browns did. You could talk about how bad Hugh Jackson was, but Hugh Jackson never had a chance here. If we want to be honest, Hugh Jackson never had a chance with the Browns because they never put a roster out there for him because they didn't want to. The Kraken uh, just took a four to two lead. Four to two lead. The Kraken won't stop scoring. Um uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more in, in line with just give the worst team the the best pick and move your way down from there. Yeah, I, I you know, I think so. I, I mean, I, why punish the players? Because, I mean, even even if the guys, even if they are the worst team, I mean, you could still see players. I mean, look, at you know, you talk about the NFL. I mean, I mean the Bears ha- had the top pick in this year's draft, but Justin Fields was running wild there at the end of the year. Yeah. Right. I mean, the second half of the season, he was running wild. So, I mean, the Bears had a chance to win a lot of those games. Uh, same thing with the same. Well, and, thing look, with and look what they did not to cut you up, but look what they did with the number one pick. Right. I mean, they weren't tanking. Right. They got same the thing. number one pick and they traded out of it. Right. Same thing with same thing with Houston. I mean, Davis Mills throws a what a Hail Mary at the end of the Indianapolis game to keep them to, to put them into the number two. But like, I, I just I don't know. The players are never players are never going to tank. It's just not ingrained in an athlete's body 
uh, and mindset to, to try to lose games. They're going, they're trying to go and win every game. So yeah, I think, I think I would rather uh, just stick with the, with the, with the standard draft uh, because again, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, a, a lottery is very, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it feel it feels like things can happen in the background of yeah. lottery that you don't think. <laughs> and again, I, I don't love saying that because I think Blue Jackets fans, one thing that I've learned since kind of coming into this Blue Jackets family that we've come into, Blue Jackets fans love to act like there's always a conspiracy against the Blue Jackets. I don't believe yeah. that for a second. I don't think there's no conspiracy against the Blue Jackets. But can you say, like, who are the teams that are up for the number one picket? Anaheim's got the top chances right and then the blue jackets and chicago is up there yeah if chicago winds up with the number one pick i'm gonna be a little like ah what's uh what's going on what's going on Uh, yeah so i don't know i listen uh i love that question i love that question by kevo uh thought that was great and i love this comment by mick the dog that said hell in the nfl the number one overall pick isn't even a guarantee look at number six that's true you don't know you don't know that's why the draft is such a crapshoot. Crapshoot. So listen, uh, bottom line, going back to all this stuff, get, watch these playoffs. I know, I know, I know. These may not even be your sports, but go watch. Go. I, I get the people that don't like the NBA. I love the NBA. Yeah. I love the NBA playoffs. I think NBA playoffs are wildly entertaining. Go watch the NBA playoffs. Go watch the NFL. If you if you're not if you just have never really given hockey a chance, go watch this crap. It is yeah. awesome. It is yeah. awesome. I'll find. I will readily admit I am a casual NBA fan. I don't watch the regular season unless it's the Cavs. But I I will watch the shit out of the playoffs. I will. Yeah. And we got the Guardians going on, and that's and that's cool too. But we'll you know we'll wait until July if if there's still a meddling 500 ish team in July, then I'm going to have questions. But yeah. Something tells me they'll find a gear here. Uh, so listen, Chad, I think, I don't know. That's kind of it for us tonight. Uh, we sure. had a great show uh, yeah. as we run up to 1030. So our last thing that we're going to do is we're just going to do our three cheers of the week. And so Chad. It's two know, cheers, actually. Well, two cheers. Well, one, all right, we'll do three. One can go to Joey. Anytime Joey's not here, we got to give him a cheer. And we he's do? having a great week. Yeah, he's having a great weekend. He's up in what? New York City. He's up in New York City with his his lovely bride uh, and her brother, and they've been to uh, the Yankees-Guardians games uh, two days in a row now. They got the winner last night. They lost tonight. Uh, But, yeah, shout-out to Joey. He gets a cheer. Um, Chad, do you want this thing to be a cheer? Because I did. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to (laughs) try. You want to try with this, uh, this, this video clip? Yeah, I mean, if you can, because I think that'd be great. All right, let me let me check it. Let me check it. Okay. Hey, uh, P.S. Russell Wagner, I didn't mean to call you out so much, but you know that's what we do here on Garage Beers. Like, uh, if we got to tone it down, we got to tone it down. But he, you enjoyed watching with the uh, the show with the channel. Shout out to you, Russell. Come back. Yeah, we enjoyed having you. We enjoyed having you, man. We enjoyed having. We don't. We don't. Nine p.m. We don't mind opposing opinions. All right, we don't mind opposing opinions at all. But, uh, you know, I guess, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see the comments. I usually put full screen, so I don't see the comments. So, all right. So here's what I'm going to do, Chad. I'm going to try this and we're going to see what happens. Okay. Can you see this? I cannot. Ooh, I try. Oh, here, I got to do this. All right. There it is. You got that. Let's go. 
This is what you wanted, right? The dick. This Alan is what is, is exactly what I wanted. All right, let's see. If, I hope the volume's up. Let's see. Struck him out. Clear a space on your shelf and get ready to bring home a legend when the Phils host the Dodgers on Friday, June 9th at 7.05 p.m. And all fans 15 and over receive a Johnson Controls dickhead. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's the best. You can I'm turn sorry. it off now. No. Tell us one more time. Dodgers on Friday, June 9th, 7.05 p.m. And all fans 15 and over receive a Johnson Controls dickhead. Dick. <laughs> no, hold on. I want to wait. Wait. Because it gets better. All of the outs for Walker have been strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is up and in the Mookie Butts. <laughs> I don't know. In the comments, did everybody hear this or did anybody see this? <laughs> the pitch. And that's a called strike oh, on the outside it. corner. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. The, my favorite part is how they're that's laughing bad. on the back end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once he realized he wasn't going to get in trouble, I can imagine just every commercial break, they were just laughing their asses off. That, my friends, is Phillies radio broadcaster Ronnie Stocker. He used to be a middle infielder for the Phillies. He was doing a read on a promotion night for the Phillies, and he said, "You're what he may he meant to say you're going to receive a Dick Allen bobblehead uh, when when the kids come out." <laughs> The kids come out on Friday night, but you're going to receive a free dickhead bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think some of the volume didn't come through. I, 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 again, Joey is always good at handling that. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but yes, a free dickhead bobblehead. Is that your cheer <laughs> of the week, by the way, just a dickhead bobblehead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my cheers because Ronnie Stocker, way to go on your Freudian slip. Good job. It I'm, sorry if you could, I'm sorry if you couldn't hear that. It's really funny. If you if you didn't, if you couldn't hear it, go Google it. Uh, it's the, the Phillies broadcast. Just look up dickhead bobblehead. It'll come right up. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. But then watch the whole clip because what's funny is then they start like they try to go on with the broadcast and they're just dying. Laughing. They're just absolutely <laughs> dying. So the dickhead bobblehead, look it up from the Phillies broadcast. If you didn't hear it. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, my cheer of the week is going to be a little bit more uh, serious, but I got, man, I got to cheers. I, I got to cheers something. I, I, I don't know how she's doing. I got to cheers my wife, man. How many times have you seen me in these hotel rooms? So many, too many. How, how, uh, like percentage wise uh, between the time you've seen me at home for these shows and the time you've seen me in a hotel since January, it's 90% in a hotel. Yeah. In the meantime, my wife's home with uh, uh, two kids that are getting ready to turn six and two here in May. She gets my cheers this week. Yeah. She gets my cheers. I'm, I'm getting ready to kind of get done with this. It's still going to be through the month of May. And even into June, I'm going to be on the, I'll be on the road next week. Then I'm going to be home for a minute. Then I'll be on the road for like another three or four straight weeks. But uh, she's taking care of the kids. She's taking care of the house. She's taking care of everything. I have to give a shout out. Katie, my wife, uh, she is my cheers forever. She's my cheers for life. But man, she gets the cheers right now because to take care of two little kids and then everything else that she's doing without me there is wild. So yeah, seriously. And then Rico, the pool boy is staying in the guest bedroom. Right. He's doing an amazing job. Yeah. Look at the comments coming through. Cheers to Mrs. Keefe. Oh, I love you guys. You guys are making me feel good. Okay. Russell, bless her. Mick the dog says she deserves something special. Yeah, it's Rico the pool boy, and we don't even have a pool. So I don't know why he's even there. <laughs> Rico. 
<laughs> we have a pool, but Rico's over again. Nah, yeah, it's it's uh it's crazy. The life of uh, just working hard and having to be on the road for work uh, and having her take over everything is just awesome. So cheers to her. So that's my cheers. Uh, so that's gonna do it for us. Episode one sixty three in the books. Wild. We've got uh we've got some big 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 time episodes planned. I don't know if we're ready to reveal anything yet. We'll do that a little bit later. But next week, if you love the Browns, you're going to want to be here. If you love the NFL, you're going to want to be here. we got a great, amazing NFL slash Browns guest. The week after that, if you love the Browns, you're going to want to be here again because, again, we got another Browns crazy guest. Uh, we've got some big, huge guests lined up. Make sure you are tuned into the Garage Beers podcast every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And if you can't make it, if you can't make it on Tuesday at 9 p.m., you can watch us on demand on the OBR streaming network on either YouTube or Twitch, or you can wait and just check out our, uh, our uh, podcast version on Apple or Spotify or iHeart or wherever you listen to your podcast, you can catch us there. So uh, that's going to do it for us, for Chad over there on the East side of Cleveland at garage beers, Chad for Joey, who isn't here tonight in New York, rooting on the guardians at garage beers, Joe, go follow the show at the garage beers on all the socials. Make sure you are following the OBR at the OBR on the socials. Stay tuned to the OBR streaming network tomorrow night. We got Barry and Fred for OBR weekly Thursday night. Uh, All eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward is back. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, so much good stuff going on on the OBR. Make sure you check that out and we will see you again. Nine o'clock next Tuesday for episode 164. Until then we love you and cheers everybody. Cheers.